for joining us for this week's chapter of Not in the Textbooks podcast, where we sit and chat about the nitty-gritty never discussed in any of your textbooks. I'm Tanja. And I'm Audra. But before we dig into today's chapter, let's clear up some business. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views within are our own or are our guests' own. They do not reflect our profession, their profession, or any entity with whom we may have connections for employment now, in the past, or even in the future. If you need medical attention, advice, or care, please seek your own personal medical practitioner, not our podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Tonja. Hi, Audra. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Give me your good, bad, and ugly. Uh, my good is that I had a date uh, to sit and take my state exams for my RCAL administrator license. So I did go and take my test. Excellent. Unfortunately, my bad was that the test was a little different than what I thought it was going to be, and I should have read more of a section uh, of my... Uh, Study material. study material than I did. I should have focused more on a particular area than I did. I didn't think that area was all that important. And obviously it was way more important than I thought it was. I so, um, sorry. The, 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 the follow-up good is though that I still have time that I can retest. Good. So that's good. That is good. Yes. And the ugly, the ugly was that I didn't pass. And it was, it was really important to me. And so that was kind of like my bad, my ugly, but the good is that that wasn't the end of that for me. I can retest and will retest. You'll do fine. Yeah. Yeah. You always learn from it. So yes. I'm really sorry. You know, it, it, it's okay. It obviously that is the way it's supposed to be. And I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. And I kind of knew that going in, I was just going on the whim of, eh, let's see. Yeah. Now I've seen. Now you've seen. So how was your week? Tell me. Um, I conflicted. Yeah. I had a, I had a, why? You know, I just came back from a week <sighs> off. A week off. Yep. Um, you know, just trying to catch up and yeah. get your mindset back and into the group. get rezoned, oh. uh, get your, get back in your yeah zone and um i'm a little i'm a little sad that the week off didn't do for me what i hoped it would now i felt i felt myself like having to push through the week again already back in the muck of that stuff yeah. and i was just like dude what am i doing why do i feel like this you know yeah yeah just rough um but it was good to be back it's good to see my people and my real good my true good uh-huh was my boy i was gonna say yeah. it was camp it was, camp it was camp my boy got off he, he goes to a camp uh for it's called camp canoe camp Dakani. it's a week-long um day camp mm -hmm. and it is uh, monday through friday and they go you know, drop them off at 8 45 or so and then pick them up at three and wow so, um, and he's there all day. They have canoeing and archery and all of this stuff. He's oh my gone. gosh. They have a special week out at Camp DeConnie called Camp Tanooch. Canoe, children with autism need outdoor experiences too. How awesome. Yes. And so 
and that's why it's called canoe. Um, and mm -hmm. so they had put it at the end of the season and then they realized it was too hot for those sensory babies. They moved it to the first of the season. So they're the first week of camp. They have one-on-one -on -one counselors mm -hmm. and this child has gone to this since, uh, since it started since 2012. Oh, wow. Except for last year, his mother enrolled him too late and this oh. was a bonus for, for, um, COVID, they canceled it and I didn't have to tell him that I, that you were too late. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, but then this year, all of the kids that were already, um, booted because of last year and being too late last year and well, then no, COVID, COVID so they canceled it. So uh -huh. the kids that were already enrolled and not on the wait list, they got first dibs. So when I went to enroll him, they were, they'd already taken they had already all those taken kids him and enrolled him for this year. Wait list. Wow. So I got a call the Friday afternoon that I was off work mm -hmm. and they were like, we have a slot. Do you want it? Well, I didn't get that until Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so I called him on Monday, which thank God it was raining all day Monday mm -hmm. and said, do you still have that slot? And they were like, yes, we do. And would you like to, yeah, yeah, I'd yes, like him to come. Without doubt, without a question. And so I was, and I think that added to my <gasps> of the week. Uh -huh, that was your pick me up. Well, it was a pick me up, but I had to, it messes up my day because I start before eight yes. o'clock and I finish after three o'clock. Uh -huh. yes. And so I'm having to, in the middle Adjust. of my step, I have to stop. Mm -hmm. And my area is an hour away from where the camp is. You know, by the time yeah. I get there, drop him off and go back, it's an hour. So there's a lot of back and forth for you. But the reward and the pick me up is seeing how excited he, he must be since he's gone all of these years. And then last year, you know, the pandemic, it just caused so much yuck. Yes. And so for there to be a positive out of that and him be able to go this year, that is fabulous. Well, and every summer he goes with Julie and he goes to all these places, you know, he goes out, he goes to the museum, he goes to the zoo, he goes to Six Flags, he goes here, he goes there. Yes, he, but does he do that with a group of children that have autism? No, he goes with his best friend, Julie and Kaylee, who are neurotypical 20 something. Uh -huh. So he's in a group of peers and he absolutely loves it. Well, last year he didn't get to leave the house. And right. so for him, it was such a joyous thing to see the look on his face when I took him to camp that first yep, day. Yep, I bet. His face lit up like, I mean, he was just like, like you hadn't normal. seen for a while. Yes, yes. yes. He was so happy. And it truly made my week. I mean, it really did. Good. I picked him up every day. He was filthy, muddy, stinky, exhausted. I got my money's worth. We got our money's worth. <laughs> but he had such an awesome time. Oh, my gosh. And that, that is worth all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Good. The conflicted was kind of my bad and yeah. ugly. And then, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You just, you know, really, all we can do is just keep pushing through. That's it. That's it. That's it'll all we better. can do. It will. This too shall pass. I know. This too shall, shall pass. It will. And uh, I, I keep saying that thinking, okay, when will that it will pass? me saying this shall pass will be like some kind of momentum and gas mm. to like, just push it on through. Mm -hmm. so, so today, yeah, we've got ourselves a special little guest. Hi guys, we, we have, a guest. have another guest, <laughs> Becky 
introduce yourselves oh, and you introduce yourself to our friends. Hello, friends. I'm Becky. I am uh, one of Audra and Tanja's friends. I am a hospice nurse here in Oklahoma City. I've been doing it over 22 years. I just added up, and that is a very long time. Sounds like a long time. Very, very long. Man, I mean, that considering we're only 25, you started when you were five years it's old. True. I know. <laughs> right. I'm really that talented. Think of how amazing that is. Uh, this that, is this mm. is Becky with the good hair. Becky was hateful in high school. I was not hateful in high school. Just you know, she was. <laughs> she came in her little kohan and her little Dooney and Burke purse, and she's uh -huh. all. <laughs> so see the hater. The she haterness. was probably bossy back she, then too, she was wasn't bossy. she? Yeah, she's she, like. Uh, perfected was, it over the years. She, I, have, I was born with she it. I have leader, this is a gift. Leadership yeah. skills, people. It's called leadership skills. She oh. mentions the Cole Hans and the Dunienberg purse. Uh, My dad worked for retail and we got the shoes for free and the purse was a discount. But I didn't know that. All I saw was right, oh, all you were worried about was mm -hmm. being hateful. No, like I wasn't able. Listen, I came in the last semester of my junior year, and I was just trying to fit in. Just trying to fit I was in. Just trying to fit in. And I was like, they why shouldn't like they because because I was had the new. best hair. I had the biggest, biggest red curly hair on the planet. Mm -hmm. And back then, the, the bangs, the higher they were, the closer to God. Yeah, yeah. yeah she I, was. I was close Jesus. to Jesus. Uh -huh. We were pals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, I, and I probably was a little hateful. I was definitely we were hateful. all hateful in high school. Oh my gosh, yes. yes. We so. all thought we were all more important. Yeah, and and we thought life was a pie. Yeah, it's not. right that yeah. if you and had it was all about us, oh, all man. about us. Uh, yeah, and if she had something that I didn't, then that meant she was taking it away from me instead. Of, there's plenty to go around. Yeah, right. 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 The whole thing. Yeah. So then you want to tell Tanja how we met again? Oh, okay. So we were in LPN school and. Um, I was in the part-time program and I was in the full-time program and I walked by her and I was like, she looks so familiar, but I don't know why. And she's like eyeballing me from the side. She'll phone with somebody and she's like, mm. Mm -hmm. and we're, smiling. we're smiling. We're smiling because like, I think, uh -huh. I think she looks nice, but I think I know her, but I don't know. And how I know her, I don't have any idea. So, uh -huh. and I walked by her and I said, Hey, did you go to UConn? And she said, is that why I didn't like you? <laughs> And I said, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and she uh -huh. goes, me too. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> she, but she was the mean one. Yeah. Right. No, okay. no, no. I listen. I uh -huh. was in my my. I was in a part-time room. She was on break and full-time. She comes walking in, and I see the hair. You can't miss the hair. Uh -huh. It's red. It. I'm a redhead, guys. In, the, yeah. in peripheral, I'm doing my work, and she comes in, and she goes, did you go to UConn? And I go, is that why I don't like you? And she goes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and there you are. There, there you are. are. Yeah. And then yeah. she saved my bacon. I did save your bacon. We went mm -hmm. to, so. Well, that's was, pretty good bacon. I love bacon. Absolutely. It should be its own food group. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bacon so. is delicious. I went to, I, w I was ahead in curriculum, but behind in clinicals. And they had lost two or three people in full-time and they wanted me to switch from part-time to full-time. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was the fastest part-time air quote person to graduate because uh, yeah. I moved to the full-time program Yeah, and I sat uh -huh. next to my, is that why I don't like you friend? Right. <laughs> because after that, if you can be honest with somebody like that, then you're pals. You're pals. <laughs> right. We yeah. Yeah. anything from each other. Exactly. exactly. And so I sat next to her in the class and then 
<laughs> we, uh, we, I, she helped me study a lot, and I was never the brightest tool, in the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> you were smart, though. You knew I, the answers. I'm, I, I'm smart. I'm just not like when I, I have a processing issue, and so when I read it, it doesn't yes. quite come to me. So Audra would help it me. It takes a minute. It would, and so yeah. Audra would help me, and she would help me study, and we'd study, and she'd quiz me, and I'd know it, and bam, 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 and then I would fail the test. Mm. And she's like, "Why are you failing these tests?" I don't know. I'm like, test this is anxiety. An That's what I have. It was, test anxiety. It, well, it was test anxiety. It was a processing thing. And so she said, are you dyslexic? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. And you tell me. Yeah. So, anyway, I, she would, she, I would get these, she would get the test back and I'd be like, give me that. Cause you know, leadership skills. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Always there. Yeah. Yeah. Snatch that test mm -hmm. back and I'd go looking through and I'm like, you answered this literally five minutes before we took the test. Mm -hmm. Then I'd read it back to her and she would answer the question without even the options. I would know the answer. Right. And I'm like, you know mm -hmm. the answer. Why are you mm -hmm. failing these tests? And then, and then I realized one of those, it was a B and a D and I was like, are you dyslexic? And she was uh, like, where she yes. Which? Because mm -hmm. I'm mildly and mm -hmm. I switch them and I have to focus. Focus. To make, well, yes. Then you add a and little focus AD. is not my, my, it's not strong suit. <laughs> uh, ADD and busyness and fast is my yes, thing. My I'm thing like, too. Yeah, and it's hard to I sit stop. and read a question fully mm -hmm. that has like six lines to the question and three parts. And oh yeah, no, uh, I see the first thing I think I know. I'm like, that's it. That's it. Yep. Me too. Moving and on. Mm -hmm. So then I said, do you, have, do you have dyslexia? She's like, maybe. I'm like, go downstairs. Tell them you're dyslexic in the learning center, and they tell them you need them to read the tests to you. Mm -hmm. And, and they did. They did. They did it. And and I passed no problem. I actually uh, had my LPN boards read to me. I would really and, and pass them the first time that by my RN boards, I was already compensated enough and realized that about myself Self that you were that able, I was to, able to slow down uh -huh. and breathe and and, and work pass through it. it. Yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. the first, I didn't know. I was a naive, young, well, I mean, I was 25. I should have known more. I think I was a low thought bloomer, process. A slow bloomer. No, I don't Your know. thought process, you're not thinking in that way, right. you know? Well, and here's the thing. I think that at that mm -hmm. point, you had gone through, you know, elementary school, middle school, high, high school, school, and you had not done well on tests long enough because of this dyslexia and the test anxiety and the lack of focus and inability. You didn't believe in yourself. That's you true. Didn't, I didn't. Right. No. Yes. And I had gone to Oklahoma State and had a really good time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you did yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I had a really good time. We did. And I wasn't, I had never had any, um, nursing background or nobody in my family had ever even said nursing really? i had an ex-boyfriend's dad say oh if i had it all over to do again i'd do it. i'd be a nurse i'd be a nurse and i'd be like what nurse i don't mm -hmm. even like blood i sure don't like vomit and i'm like poop i don't really think i need to do this right yeah and then i was like all okay let's go to lpn school and see i decided to go to lpn school because there wasn't very much it was a year Other in the, grand, in the grand scheme of things a year is not very long nope and so if i devoted that year and I hated it. I didn't feel like I had you lost didn't have too to much. go on any further. Right. You, yes, you didn't, didn't lose like too, much. Right. too much. Right. Yes. And then I loved it. Yeah. But it was very foreign. It I was very foreign. foreign. I had no idea. I had never heard some of these things. And it's amazing. I think we were talking about this this week or last week, the shift from 92 to 99, 98, 92 oh. to 98. That six year Ooh, period. That was huge. Yeah. What shift happens? in just that little bit from high school to that point. Yes. Because I didn't want her to fail. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I didn't want and in her. high school it'd have been <laughs> Right. I mean, uh-huh. she didn't make she it. She didn't make it because Look at I that. the pie mentality. I was like, no, yes. I want her to I the want maturity. Her to, want her to succeed. Come on, right. you can do this. Yeah. Get down there and do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was huge. But the beautiful thing about being young, and I think that God makes eighteen year olds stupid because they don't have that fear. Yes. You're ten feet tall and bulletproof. Right. That you don't you don't really know. Like if I had to do it again as an adult, I'd be terrified. Yes. But yes. as a as a kid I'm thought, yeah, I'm invincible anyway. Of course. Of I course can I anything. can do that. I can do I can anything. Do it, right. What? Yeah, you're not gonna stop me. And it's just time. It's just a it's year. Just a it's year. just a year. Now I'm thinking well, a year. A, a year. year. How much money? Man, exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, for how long? You want me to get a student loan for what? For what? Like, I mean, it just, it, I. Yeah. You don't learn by getting it right oh, every time. No. You learn by. You learn by. Up. Yep. By falling and having. I'm a dummy. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why I'm so wise. That's, That's right. That's how we get our wisdom. <laughs> and if you would have told me in in uh, the last semester of our junior year when she came be bopping in, if somebody you know future me had whispered, she's gonna see you through the worst times of your life. You know, right. she's going yes. to be a ride or die. She's going to know all of your secrets. All of your day. secrets. All mm-hmm. of the dirty, dark Never. details. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and you're going to take her baby when she says she wants. She oh, listen. She's saying the bacon again. She's always showing up for me. No, the yep. same for you, though. This, this is the truth. This baby girl was just colicky, and she was crying. She's my first child, and you know I couldn't sleep. Oh, if she, yes. If, if I, I had a colicky her, baby. If mm-hmm. I didn't watch her breathe, I, I she wasn't breathing because right. I was that powerful. Mm-hmm. And... um. I called Audra and I said, listen, I'm not saying I would, but I understand why they shake them. And she said, I, yep. she said set the baby down I'm on my way. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I said it just like that. Very calm. I wasn't. And I'm just like, oh. yeah, yeah. Yep. Give me the baby. We're going to yep. go for a walk outside. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Julie, Julie was with me that right. night. Julie rocked the baby and loved the baby. And we went and took a long And I walk. adored her, but I just couldn't stop I and, postpartum. I and postpartum and I did after some depression yep. just couldn't stop and man I'm telling you about those colicky babies they will they, they, they it, it's a test it truly mm-hmm. is but fast forward we were sitting in class one day and she's like what are you gonna do when you leave when you leave here what do you what, what area are you gonna go into and I'm like I always wanted to do hospice and she's like oh, me too which usually when you're in nursing school everybody's like I'm going to do med search for a year and then I'm going to labor and delivery. I'm going to uh-huh. babies. Oh, or, or I'm uh, going to go to the ER. I'm going to go to the ER. Or the ICU. Gonna, yeah. That was not a place for me. And I think we all have our niche. Oh, sure. Uh, and that, that just, yeah. I did hospice for about seven, eight years. And then I decided I was going to go to the softer side. I wanted yeah, to something I a little can, bit yeah. more upbeat and, so I decided I'm going to go do labor and delivery, <laughs> and uh, and I, I and I worked at a really a nice break. place. It was a great break, and I, I enjoyed parts of it. I scared the pee waddle out of me because that is a lot of responsibility, and yes. I worked the night shift because I was a new um, labor. They trained me during the day, and then labor and delivery. But during the day, you have doctors everywhere. You have things. At night, when I had to catch my first baby because that doctor hadn't shown up yet. There's, I didn't feel, I was like, yes. I am not qualified for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yes. uh, but I, I found um, hospice and labor and delivery extremely um, similar similar in a weird way because yes, in the hospice, big- 
you you have to labor to get mm-hmm. in this world and you have to labor out. That's right. That's just and what the I was labor say. is the labor is just a little bit different. You love them, you pet them, you're going to uh-huh. do this, you're going to do this. We're breathing, we're doing this and it's the same way going out. Going out. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I've said you've never been closer to the gates of of whatever um, you believe in, you know, the gates of heaven, the gates of the gates of someone's story, the gates of someone's the bookends of someone's energy. Yes. Entering the universe and exiting the universe than at birth and at death. And it's a very quick, intimate, serious bond at both. And it's over. But it's so those connections are very similar. Yes. But for me, hospice hasn't because uh, I, I have another girlfriend in Kansas City that that was her thing for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a hospice nurse. And my thing was how to have death around you every uh, to have so much death around you every day. That's what your job is. It's death. Yeah, but it's- uh, and I see that. Yes. How how big of a blessing that it must be to be there with that person and that person's family to offer the support. And I have seen you, Becky, in action uh, with one of my residents. Um, And so I do see where it would be an honor to be there with that person during that final leg of their journey. Absolutely. You become really close. But being who I am and how I can get close to a resident for me. I don't know that that wouldn't each one wouldn't tug at me so hard. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I think it tugs at us as, as well, but I think as hospice nurses know death is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Being You're treated right. to death is worse. And being treated to death and some of these, I mean, now, of course, there are patients that are younger and, and they have terrible yes. disease. But, yes. But a lot of times by the time they get to us, they have come to that conclusion that they would rather die than Pass, live like this. Than live like and that, so yes. I know what my expectation is when we go in. Uh-huh. They know what, they're, what uh-huh. my expectation is. Yep. My job is to keep them as comfortable and as peaceful and as happy as possible and to help them transition to the next life. And here's the other thing is that you have to understand that, like you said, there are worse things than dying. Um, being treated to death is one of them. And when you go into it knowing, there's freedom in that. There is absolute freedom. And if we get it wrong, you live. Oh, oops, exactly. we screwed up. You're not dying today. And it kind of is harder for me to take somebody off because I feel like, wow. And then sometimes it's so simple, the, the things they've been They've had so many medications piled on them and piled on them and piled on them. And you take a few medications off, all of a sudden they feel fantastic. And they're like, okay, I don't think I need you anymore. I'm like, well, okay. Okay, have a good life. We'll see you in the end. Seeing death and dying day in, day out, day in, day out gives you a beautiful perspective of knowing what's important and what's not. Absolutely. You know, certain certain things, it's like in the big grand scheme of shit, is this really going to matter at the end of the day? No, it's definitely not. And so there's that. And also I see where there would be some reward in seeing them 
get the ultimate peace. Absolutely. Peace and, and comfort. And, and not always can you get the peace and comfort. That's no. the, that's when it's really hard because you can try, you, you can have all the medications in the world and sometimes you cannot get them comfortable because they have an internal struggle, struggle that, yes. that is unresolved. If you can't, if you can get it resolved before they hit actively, hit dying, actively, hit actively dying, dying, it goes a lot but smoother. But a lot of times people don't want to speak of that and mm -hmm. you have to work really hard. You have to gain their trust. And if you have enough time and, all those things. There's just so many things that go into it. I also wish that more people uh, during their struggle were able to get the hospice service. Some aren't quite bad enough or, or right. educated enough, or they think, Oh no! Wait, they're not—they're not ready. It's that denial, uh -huh. and then that loved one loses, as well as the family. The all of that support, all—all right. all of those people, because it's not—it's not just Becky. You come into the house. Uh, it's the anyone, the social worker, chaplain, home health uh, aides, volunteers, home, home health right. aides, and it's hard. For some people to, and I can understand that, to let someone else come in. Absolutely. Into their into home. their home, into their, their space, into space. their right. tranquil serenity, you know, and you there's a misconception too that hospice people are the people who come in to read to you when you die. Yeah. Uh -huh. they're, they're just gonna, gonna give you the med the morphine well, and, 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 and it's gonna, gonna kill, kill you. They're just gonna kill you. Kill people. As a yeah. of fact, I never. mean like <laughs> Like never, never. I've seen people try. It's not but, <laughs> but also, if it was you administering that medication and getting that medicine on board, to yes, relax them yeah. to the point that uh, they could let go. Right. Well, no, that's the thing. Yeah, there's it, always a last dose. There always is a last dose. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Med is hard sometimes. Uh, I remember being a new nurse and mm -hmm. having to administer morphine. Uh, the first three patients I gave it to, yep, sh shortly after that last dose, poof, they were gone. One lady, it was her first dose because, as we've mentioned back then, we did a lot of things, you know, mm -hmm. anyway. Um, and I was mortified thinking, what? I just killed it. yes and that was the third one i said no way luckily i had a wonderful director of nursing um and she was able to explain it to me that no honey no you were just <laughs> able to give her the right medication that allowed her to relax, allowed her body and her mind to come together as one to quit fighting and Absolutely. just let go. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, Ooh, what are we going to talk about? Let's talk about that thing. That first, let's talk about the first time. Oh, the first you know, time nervous and you're not real sure. And right. first death. Yeah. The first well, death. I mean, it's either that or sex. What oh. do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> well, I, yeah. Could, could we talk about the first death first? I mean, that's way more interesting, as weird as that it's sounds. Sort of it really is. Is. I mean, yeah. as a, 
I'm going to say, as a teenager, that's just uh, and me. Let's talk about (laughs) all the people. um, I started out as an on-call nurse, and I was new. First of all, it was a new LPN. I was scared to death. (laughs) You know, I did hospice. Don't die on me, please. I felt like, yeah, and that's what they do in the middle of the night. And Mm -hmm. they call you. They don't call the hospice or they don't call the on-call nurse just to say hi. Or right. Would you like some coffee? Would yeah. You like they, they're okay. I just wanted you to know problem. they're okay. Right. Exactly. They don't call. If they're for that. comfortable. Right. Yeah. They call for crises, and so uh-huh. I get there, and I'm like, oh, oh, no, oh, no. Okay. This is. Oh, oh wait. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm scared to death. Like, oh, and I had had some training and that kind of things, but anyway, so um, I get the family in. I'm like, okay, I think it's time. I think it's time. And so um, the person takes their last breath, and I being the fast individual that I am. Right. You were on it. I'm like, give me a stethoscope. And I take my stethoscope and I put it on the chest and she takes a big breath and it scares the crap right out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, oh God. On the uh-huh. inside. Yeah, on yeah. the inside. I smiled. I said, yeah. okay, not uh-huh. okay. And I'm very oh. peaceful and calm. And I'm like, Jeez. my heart is. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. So we stood there for, I don't know how long it was, felt like forever they hadn't breathed for a long time. So I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize how long they could hold their breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's, it's a while. It, it is. Yes, and then it, it gives is. you a little PTSD. And every time you go, you're like, Ugh. and then, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't tell you that when you turn them after they've passed, they sometimes that expel, they expel gas, gas and they, kind of breathe out again yep. and and mm-hmm. not always but it'll sometimes it'll sometimes terrify you when you don't know that's coming mm-hmm. yeah yeah right yeah also mm-hmm. they do not explain what uh purging is so that's right oh, yeah mm. so but i'm really glad that through the years things have changed because uh the whole packing thing I just think that's oh, no. just oh, horrid. No. I think that is one of the most disrespectful things. I mean, who? Come on. No. No. Yeah. Just clean Nobody wants to be can. packed. No. They, yeah. They also didn't tell you how hard it was to put clothes when somebody <gasps> passes in when, the middle of the night and there's mm. nobody there to help you, but you're there by yourself. You don't realize you can get your butt kicked by a dead person. <laughs> yes. Uh, you and, are right because of those. <laughs> because they are a little, they're uh-huh. kind of dead weight. They're kind and, of dead weight. Yeah. And they're kind of, yes. And the family's like, I really want them to have this pajamas. Well, and that's that thing, right? This you, is their favorite. Then, right, this is their favorite pajamas. And that's that thing because this is the last time they may be going to get cremated. This is uh-huh. the very last memory they have of this person. So you put the pajamas on them. Exactly. And no that, matter how no, much I, fighting. Oh, wow. That body does. It is. Yes, and it can be. Be. Uh-huh. Will get you. You're exactly right. But this is that part of the thing that is just like I've gone into bathrooms and homes and just happened to grab the strawberry bath and body work stuff to get right, that to get that to get this to make sure that when they left because your sense of smell is keen yes your visual senses are important and when they see them leave the home for the very last time they should smell like mom or dad yes and they should look as much like mom or dad as they can as they can because i feel that whether it be in a home because i did private duty did home health mm-hmm. uh but in a community or a facility, I feel like when the funeral home 
comes to actually it's not the funeral home it's usually whoever they're contracted with to come pick up sometimes the it's person. the funeral home hey buchanan we love you um <laughs> shout out but when they come to get that person i think how they look it shows the life and that they lived but also the care that they received mm -hmm. at the end absolutely and and i've had people cut their fingernails too i oh, mean oh yeah i paint fingernails yes. cleaned underneath sometimes them. you can't Shave. shaved if yeah. they're in yeah. the middle of that actively dying process and they're anxious you can't get to those kind of things no, correct so the best time to do that is when they passed pass. and because you know mm -hmm. families gonna hold their hand even if they're in the you know, they're going to have a funeral. That's, you know, that's important. That's important. important. It it's yes. Important. And it's one of those things that I've had people say, oh my gosh, that meant so much, you know, and it's like, well, I just grabbed what was there. But at the same time, it was one of those guiding, which soap do I use? I'm taking this one. And it turns out to be the most important thing to that family. To that family member. And I've heard just like, I know both of you have, because I've even thought it about both of you. And I've heard, oh my gosh, you went so above and beyond what you should do. No, for me and my heart, it just feels like this is how it's supposed to be. Exactly. This is how this is it's supposed to go. to go for me. This and is for my how mom. I would I want, would want someone to treat, to treat me or yeah. my mom or my family. Yes. And I can't do it any other way. And this little Joel over here is taking care of about every one of my family members. <laughs> We have this thing, and I'm like, I think this is happening. I need you to come look right now. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's it. That's not good. And yeah. Uh -huh. I don't think so. But I don't yeah. know because it's too, know, close. too close, and I don't know. That's yeah. what I do. I send pictures sometimes mm -hmm. and go, hey, what? Wait, you think? What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Literally, she called me and said, I need you here right now. And I dropped everything. It was like, I'm on my way. Yeah. Because know? we know that we don't do that. No. And that's the whole thing is that, you know, when I was in the middle of my crises in my life, I didn't have to call. She was outside the door. And as soon as hell left, they, they came through the door. You yeah. Know? And I was like, <laughs> and, the, and it was what we need to do. Yeah. Let's do like, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She didn't know what we needed to do, yeah. but we, we were there. Yeah. And it, it worked. I mean, you gotta have that. You, you do. Have you it, have to have that uh support and that that back gonna be mine i know <laughs> was gonna be mine. or bossy i <laughs> mean bossy. lord who knew? Who knew? i know but my my first death was um in a in a feels in a long-term care facility patient had a stroke that it affected their brain uh um and they could not talk and i took care of them for probably about 13 or so months and um and I was part-time, so it wasn't like mm -hmm. I did full-time stuff. So, But I was doing vigil sitting because they were dying and their family didn't come in. Mm -hmm. And every time I went to see them on the weekend and did my visits with them, I would talk to them because, you know, right. they still hear things. That's right. Um, even though they may not be able to communicate sometimes. And so I was sitting with them and they would always look through me, not at me. Not at I had you. that thing. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, the stroke, look through yes. the thing. And I was sitting there. And they were looking in the corner, top corner of the room, you know, and being cute. I said, they're coming for you, aren't they? <laughs> never ask. Never ask. Never. <laughs> Unless you're prepared never to ask have a that. Yes. Now, I would ask it again. I would not respond like I responded this time. Yeah. I would sit and be like, oh, tell me. Right. Yes. <laughs> this individual turned, looked, looked right at, at you. me, not through me, at me and said, smiled and said, yes, 
And I went, yeah. <laughs> Ran out of the Ran room to the, the nurse's room. station. It was like, <laughs> they just talked to me. Uh -huh. They're <laughs> and, seeing people. Yeah. <laughs> and I said this, and then they said this, and the nurse was like, and you left? We got to go back. And we went in, and they were gone. But I just want to make sure that they who were coming for them did not come and take me. And take you. Yeah. I was talking mm -hmm. to a patient, and um, they were staring out the door. My back was to the door. They were staring out the door over my head, and we're talking, and this person was not very um, happy I was there uh, and not very open and chatty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, they looked above my head and said, they want you to leave. And I was like, oh, hell. Okay, bye. Uh -huh. <laughs> Let me just give you a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. She, they, they pointed over my head and said, and I turn around, I'm looking because you know, they want you to leave. I was like, oh, uh -uh. I'm out. I'm bye. out. No problem. Okay, ask me give me that time. Yeah. <laughs> These are the things that I used to love, right? Mm -hmm. They're hallucinating. Are they, though? Are they, though? Are they? They're are seeing they? things we don't see. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I got to the house and this person was like, there's three guys standing there in black suits, like the men in black, black suits. Yes, kind of, but they're like 50s style, I think. And I'm like, all right. They said, you don't see you them, don't do see you? Them. And I was like, look, I don't, but I know that you do. Yes. And I, I understand that. Are you afraid of them? Right. And mm -hmm. they said, no. No. As long as you're not afraid, we're good. We're good. What we're do they good. want? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they said, they said I could come with them um, or they said I could wait, that it was up to me. And I was like, they'll be back. And, and they said, yeah, they said that they would. But if I go, they said that they were going to tell me where Jimmy Hoffa's body is. <laughs> and, and I was like, where is it? Yeah. Will you ask them where? <laughs> will and, you let me know before you go? <laughs> and, then, and then they said, they told me to tell you that you know they won't tell you that. And I was like, oh, these people That's enough real. for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I asked yeah, if you're why? ready to go. And then the person said, no, I don't think I'm, I am. But they'll be back. Yeah, they'll be mm -hmm. back. Ask them when. <laughs> right. I said, I, ask, when will they be, when will they be back? You know, mm -hmm. and I know what I'm doing. I'm like, ask, ask them, ask them, those dudes, when they're going to come back. And then they said, they said again, you know that they can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, we're cool. Then that's okay. I was trying. I really mm -hmm. was trying. And I just see these guys in black going, she's somebody. She knows yeah. we're not going to answer. Right. She already knows we're not answering her, you know, and what that is and how that is. I know people don't leave alone. No. They don't leave alone. There, there are too too much of it and, and if people are like stream of consciousness or energy or spirituality or souls or of the soul, beloved, somebody their guides are and right. where they come yeah. from yes oh, but you can feel them if i believe and, i believe well, that it's not good either oh i believe that feel. yes there was a new mm -hmm. nurse i had a, a patient i was doing compassionate care sitting with and i felt like this was not good. I just felt it in my soul. I'm like, Ooh, this is not good. So I sat there for that three hours that I was assigned singing, Jesus loves me in uh -huh. my head <laughs> over and over and over and over. Cause that's all I could think. That's of. all you, yeah. Like, oh. 
Please yeah. don't die while I'm here. And they weren't going to because of that negativity that was in the room. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Right. It was. I've never, I've had that where the negativity is there and the anxiety is there in the Bad juju is definitely in mm -hmm, the room. The mm -hmm. dark darkness is there. Darkness right. is definitely the, yes. there. By the time they finally go, it's gone. It's gone. And they usually last longer. They do because they got to get to the resolution. Get to that resolution. Mm -hmm. They've got to get to that peace. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it Absolutely. just—I mean, you know—it's just a thing. So, like, you know, what are you mm -hmm. going to do? And that messes with uber religious people who say those people with that negative energy don't get the grace period to no, resolve it and they're going to hell i don't no, believe i that don't at believe all. that at all not with what i've no. seen not with what i've seen no either. you me neither mm -mm. can't convince me mm -mm. nope i agree completely and i think that seeing some of those people last as long as they do and the pain that it causes their family and the suffering that it causes for them helps us keep life in perspective too if I've got something to say, I'm going to say I'm going to say absolutely. it. See, that's I'm yes. I'm going to resolve it. I'm not. I'm not going to have this struggle. And I always say, you know what? If you hold it in, oh, that causes Disease. that, that causes just too much bad juju, and I just can't be a part of it. Plus, I already take enough stomach medicine. I don't need to like, <laughs> you know, upset all of that. <laughs> but also, what tugs at me is well. It's related, I guess, to my first death. I was a CNA, and I remember uh, going in to the patient, and it was time to turn, you know, um, and turning and holding her while my coworker helped clean. And that just that look and knowing that little smile and that last, <sighs> yeah. Mm. But having no family, no family, no one, it was just her. She had lived out everyone that was in her family that really mattered or had any kind of connection to her. And so for me to think that someone would go alone. Now, I know, yes, as we've already spoken about, some that is their choice. Yes. But when there is a patient that has no family, no family, so there is no way, I guess, unless what would those patients that outlive their money, their means, whatever, they're, they're, there's no family to step in to become a power of attorney or a guardian so the state would take over and they would become a ward of the state correct then can does the state decide okay yes let's put this person on hospice let's give them some oh. relief no no they are in a long-term care facility they're getting the minimum of and care. unfortunately, maximum of care because when they code, so they gotta code them. They they're not going to make them a DNR. They're, which for me, I think that is a graceful thing, and I am so. Uh, I wish more people were able to be open and have that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you're you're going to code them. You're going to put them through all of that. And then when that code doesn't work and they do pass, 
there's no one to go in and make those arrangements, choose the urn if they're obviously, yes, they're going to be cremated probably. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no one, you know, to like make those choices be there. Uh, That is very sad to me. And I've seen physicians who have stepped in and, and advocated to the state for their um their patients before um it's a rare thing but it's a beautiful thing yes. when somebody steps up and says we need to stop doing this to them and start doing stuff for, for them. them yes and, yes and it's um bless those physicians oh, see yeah that. Yes. exactly yeah. yeah yeah and it's hard for doctors i get that some of them yeah you know. to get involved you know yeah and it's an ethical, it's an ethical thing. And I think yeah, if they I end up see. back in the hospital multiple times for futile care, then the ethics committee can come in and they can actually start making those decisions. But at that, that point, we've already done so much yeah. to them. I forget about the ethics committee, but uh, those aren't those more hospital bound ethics mm-hmm. committee. Yeah, because so you're doing the running the code, sending them to the hospital. They get them back, they bring them back to the facility. You run the code, you send them to the hospital. It's those repeats that they finally yeah. say stop, stop. Yeah. But they got to do that. Three I think or there four should times. be an ethics committee in every type in every type of community Absolutely. that has uh, senior citizens, group of any any, any community, community based, based yep. where you have some person, a person, I shouldn't say some person, that sounds bad, uh, but where you have a person residing in your community. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Shall we shift and kill this one? Sure. Sure. All right, let's shift and kill it. Okay, Okay. so uh, what are you listening to? I have actually been listening really to the radio. Okay. Uh, Yeah trying to get my zen my brain kind of cleared out uh radio radio so audra no i'm gonna skip you you should becky what thank you for being here you're so well what have you been listening to i have actually been listening to a book called untamed by (gasps) glenna doyle is that good? I've I seen really, that book and I it, just like swiped right past no, it. It really is good. It's very uh, women empowering and <gasps> and uh, say the name of it again. I need it's it. Untamed. Untamed. Yes, that and is the one. It is. Uh, she's a very interesting, interesting lady who was married for. I'm going to give you a little side. Married yeah. for 30 years. Falls in love with a woman. Ooh. Which she was a Christian author and <laughs> right. Yeah, it was a total like it was a total thing. Who saw that coming? Right, not her. Right, sure. She was just as shocked as everybody else. Uh But her husband was unfaithful, Uh and um, it's just very interesting. She married uh, the soccer player Abby. Oh yeah, yeah, I know her. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. And so, anyway, very good. Okay, I'm going to start listening to it because I'm almost done with Green Light. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, there's some things that are a little out there, and and that's okay. That's for your own determination. Yeah. What what you take. What, what, you, what want. you take from it. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm Very good. Ooh, I'm glad that's what you're listening to. That helped me. All right, so come on, Audra, give me your list. What have you been listening to? Because I know, I know there's more than one. I know there's more than two. Uh, yeah, uh, my trifecta. I got caught up this week on. Um, on true crime garage i'm not caught up on true crime garage i lied i'm getting caught up on true crime garage and 
but I did get caught up on Tell Them Steve, Dave, and the Hoof, so that's always a normal thing. I'm now behind on the philosophy of crime, but that's okay. Um, I had a week off, so I didn't listen to many pods, so yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And then yeah. I actually started a book last week after I talked to Tim called Cursed Victory by Aharon Bergman, and it's about the history of... Um, the Israeli conflicts and so forth and so on. So it's really fascinating. This What's guy, the name of it? It's called Cursed Victory. And he was um, he was actually in Lebanon during their war fighting with the British with Lebanon. And then he realized that the humanity came to him. And then I listened to a segment of um, Snapped Judgment uh, which is a podcast and I listened to a segment on there that the the episode I think is entitled Turncoat and there was a whole section on a gentleman who a guy who kid who was in the Israeli army and was fighting in the Gaza Strip and then he met a you know his mother was talking to their housekeeper who was Palestinian and they were talking huh. about their boys and how there's more a lot like what are our boys doing are our boys going to be okay yours is trying to kill mine mine's, mine's trying to you know yeah. that whole thing and, right and then he went and had dinner with that family and then he realized oh my god this is exactly what it looked like every time i busted in a door and started killing people wow and it turned his humanity mm. it was an amazing segment so huh. if anybody takes anything out of this just go listen to snapped judgment okay turncoat but the okay. book is fascinating because he he then realizes the same thing and it's there's a lot of history in that book okay. about multiple conflicts and how Jordan and Syria and Lebanon and how the United States comes in and Iran comes in and this whole thing and it's really good but it's steeped it's deep in his okay. history so all right I'll check those out that's what I'm listening to okay all right thanks so back. Thanks, Beck. It was awesome, Thank awesome so to have you. All right. So you ready to kill it? Kill it. Bye. I want to take a minute to thank you for listening, sharing, and engaging with us. Subscribing and following our social media pages. Your feedback is invaluable to us. It helps us to know the stories and chapters to seek out. It helps to make us better. And we can't tell you how much that means to us. You can find links to all of our social media pages and everywhere we can be streamed on our Flow page. That's www.flow.page slash not in the textbooks podcast. If you have a second, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us. Five star, please. It really does help out the show. Remember, we're in the middle of figuring out the crazy stories of our lives. So create a little kindness. Show some love and compassion, and if you can't because your chapter is just too hard right now, we're here for you and we're rooting for you, so just, just keep, keep going. going. We hope to see you back here in the stacks digging up some stories and chapters for next week.